How do I find a new job? How can I make a career change? And the biggest question of all, can I really find a career that I love? Hey, my name is Jen Smith, and I believe career success doesn't have to be at the expense of living a radiantly happy and healthy lifestyle. As a former HR leader and recruiter turned career coach, I get what companies are looking for when hiring top talent. What that means for you is an unmatched combination of insider knowledge and the best kept secrets about making heart-based career changes and navigating the ups and downs of job searching in today's world of work. Whether you're a recent graduate navigating the job market for the first time or a seasoned professional ready for a career change, this show is for you. So grab your coffee or your kombucha, pull up a seat and get ready to be challenged and inspired to move beyond your self-doubt and take the right next steps towards landing a career you love. Because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. This is the Flourish Careers Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Flourish Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Smith, and today we're talking about the flexibility of remote work. So raise your hand if you crave flexibility in your job, the freedom to work from home or frankly, from anywhere you want. If you are cheering and raising your hand, you are not alone. Over the years, I've collaborated with hundreds of beloved clients seeking the same thing, And what's clear is that flexibility ranks as a top priority for most people. And here we are, multiple years through this mass transition to remote work, and companies still need help managing in-office and remote work. This is a conversation that comes up regularly in my beloved career community. There are a lot of carrot and stick discussions. So some organizations are tracking badge swipes, which in my opinion is a total waste of time. Other organizations are planning in-office professional development to entice their colleagues back into the office for connection and networking and learning. I recently stumbled upon a Forbes article that lays out some statistics, which I thought were pretty interesting. So at its peak, remote work accounted for about 50% of paid work hours in the United States. That's half of all work hours. Internationally, countries like Australia, France, and the UK had about 47% of their workforce going fully remote during the initial lockdowns. Since the fall of 2020, the number of fully remote workers has declined and hybrid models have become the norm. But the question is, why are organizations still struggling with this? Why are there business leaders who still want to raise attendance in the workplace when remote work seems to be working for many just fine? I get that the answer is complex, but I also know that there are solutions. So I had the privilege of leading a remote team long before the pandemic pandemonium picked up, and I wanted to share some of those learnings with you. Now, I realize there are some myths about effectively leading a team or growing your career from the confines of your home office, especially about growing your career when you're not quote unquote visible in the office. 
or all the HR issues that could come from employees not tracking their time accurately if they don't punch in and out daily. But let me invite you to put those myths on hold for one moment and hear me out. When done right, telecommuting can allow for even higher levels of engagement, amplified creativity, and a boost of productivity. When leading or working on a virtual team, what if you focused on one thing? And that one thing is getting the job done. When it comes down to it, it's about managing performance, not time. Measuring the output and quality of work versus concentrating on time. So why does it matter what time someone logs into Teams or if they're getting the job done at seven o'clock in the morning because that's when they're at their best or at eight o'clock at night after they settle their kids in for the night? It should be of no consequence. In my experience, hiring the right people and igniting trust in them to get the job done regardless of time brings a human element into the team that allows for maximum success. So let's talk through some tips for leading and participating and working on a virtual team. Tip number one is communication. Over-communicate, over-communicate, and over-communicate. Identify and discuss your team's goals regularly, not just once a year. So communicating and painting a picture of the result is the only way everyone will know how to use their time effectively and what's expected of them. So you want to share expectations of the work that needs to be done and be crystal clear about what needs to be done and when it needs to be done by. And if you're participating on a remote team, ask questions. Make sure you know what needs to be done and when it needs to be done by. The other thing I always recommend is talk about, as a team, talk about how you want to be communicated to. I know this might sound simple, but everyone has their own communication styles. And so if you are a company that uses Teams or you use Slack or you like text or talking on the phone or setting up Zoom meetings, however you want to communicate to each other and as a team is really important to talk about. So if people have to guess about how to communicate with their leader or each other, things are going to go haywire. So you want to make sure that you tell your team whether it's okay to text or tell them that you hate being interrupted by Teams pings all day long. Setting these expectations up front allows a virtual team to run much more smoothly. Tip number two is consistency. So set up a weekly schedule and stick to it. This is especially pertinent with virtual teams since you don't have the daily office drive-bys and the water cooler check-ins. So initiating a weekly schedule with consistent application limits disruptions and provides the opportunity to check in on results and creates more availability to get the job done. So here are some thoughts that I'm going to share with you about a weekly schedule that used to work for, for us. So we used to have a weekly team meeting on a Monday or a Tuesday. This was a fantastic way to communicate expectations, check in on how everyone's doing, 
talk about our intentions or our goals for the week. As a leader, if you cancel these team meetings regularly, you're immediately sending a message that they aren't necessary or they aren't important. So that's why I say consistency. Set it and stick to it. You also want to be conscious of time zones. If you have a global team, it's nearly impossible to schedule a time that works for everyone. So maybe you can rotate the meeting time to be accommodating to different time zones, but just stick to that consistent schedule. Another thing to stick to is one-on-one meetings. So as a leader, your number one priority should be your team members. One-on-one meetings are a perfect way to confirm that they have what they need to get the job done, that they are feeling supported, that the projects they're working on are leveraging their strengths and that they're feeling challenged. And the thing here is how will you evaluate their work if you're not checking in regularly? Or how will you know how they're feeling about their work? So the idea here is to set expectations as what you as to what you want to cover in the allotted time. And again, stick to the schedule no matter what. Another piece of this and a really fun way to close out the week is Friday reflections. So ask your team to reflect on their accomplishments, make their quote unquote, I did it list, which is one of my favorite things about heart-based career planning, celebrate accomplishments, talk about challenges, and have them spend just 10 minutes or five minutes jotting them down into an email and then send it to you. And this is a really easy way to check in, celebrate successes together really quickly at the end of the week, hold your team accountable to them getting done what they said they were gonna get done, and just make sure that they have some type of ritual to close out the week and enjoy the weekend. So tip number one is to communicate. Tip number two is to set a weekly schedule and be consistent. Tip number three is connection. So leverage your weekly mechanisms to engage with each other. One of the things I loved doing was spending the first five or 10 minutes of each team meeting conducting a virtual icebreaker. So this can be a simple question prompt to learn more about each other. So for example, if you had a million dollars to contribute to a cause, what would it be? Or if you had one song running on repeat on the background of your life, what would it be? Not only is this a fun way to start a meeting, but it's also a chance to learn what you have in common. It usually just takes a few minutes and makes for some fun laughs. The other thing you can do here is allocate a few minutes at the end of the meeting for shout outs or virtual high fives. So let the team thank their fellow team members or share a win. Celebrating successes like this is one of the best ways to connect and build your virtual team. By the way, this doesn't just have to be for virtual teams. So if you are meeting in real life, spending a few minutes letting everybody share a shout out at the beginning or an end of a weekly huddle is such a fun way to build connection among the team. So the next tip is care. So you probably hear a theme here of all of the C's. So we had communicate, consistency, connection, and now care. Genuine care of other human beings, especially those on your team, goes without saying. If your team is located all over the world, it might be tough to show that you care. 
So here are a few thoughts to do this virtually. I remember saying to my team members all the time, I would say, hey, I can't see your face day in and day out, so you have to tell me how you're doing. Ask follow-up questions. If you can sense hesitation or tiredness in their voice, talk about it. Ask a question. I know this sounds simple, although it can easily be overlooked. Another way to show you care is just to take a few minutes to craft a fun and lighthearted celebration email. If it's someone's birthday or they have something going on in their lives, maybe they're getting married or they had a baby, create a fun email and copy the team so everyone knows knows they can join in on the virtual celebration. Another way to show you care is to send a card in the actual snail mail. I don't know anyone who doesn't love to receive a surprise handwritten note in the mail. The other thing to think about here is you want to make sure you set boundaries and stick to them. So just because you're working virtually doesn't mean you work 24-7 or that your team's available 24-7. So I recommend refraining from sending emails outside of work hours Just because your team is is not commuting into an office does not mean they're available 24-7. So before spending your evening or weekend catching up on email, pause and think about the impact that might have on your team. Or maybe you have to catch up on the weekends or in the evenings, but you save those emails or you schedule them for a time when you know your team is working. Of course, I realize virtual work isn't an option for everyone. Of course, doctors need to be in the operating room. Manufacturing employees must be in the factory. Engineers likely need to be in the lab to create the next best invention. Although for those with the option, telecommuting can be a game changer in creating a happy and healthy work life. Not to mention, there are a ton of benefits to telecommuting or working from home. First and foremost, it's much more inclusive. So have you considered how many more people could work if virtual was our new reality? Those with a disability that prohibits them from driving somewhere, or someone that needs to work from home due to a medical situation, or those who must care for aging parents and must be at their side most of the day. There's so much more talent out there that we could tap into. Speaking of talent, consider the unlimited reach of the global talent pool when geographic constraints are eliminated. The entire globe becomes your talent marketplace. You can work with the best and the brightest no matter where they're located. Cost savings. So running a remote team eliminates this need for a physical office and all the costs that come with it, including rent and utilities and maintenance. I always talk about increased productivity. There are multiple studies that have shown that remote work can actually increase productivity as team members can work in their ideal environment without the distractions that are commonly found in offices. Of course, there's an environmental play here. Remote work reduces the need for commuting, leading to less traffic congestion and lower carbon emissions. With no daily commute, team members can reclaim their valuable time, which also has a health benefit, reducing stress and providing more opportunities for taking care of themselves. 
The other thing is business continuity. So we all learned this throughout the last couple of years in the face of disruptions like natural disasters or global pandemics, a remote team can continue operating, ensuring the business remains functional. Of course, there's enhanced autonomy and responsibility. So remote work pushes team members to become self-reliant and take greater responsibilities, which really promotes a sense of ownership and commitment to their roles. There are higher retention rates. So the flexibility of remote work can lead to higher employee retention, saving costs and efforts in recruiting and training new hires. And scalability, remote teams are easier to scale up or down as business needs change. You can easily add team members in busy periods and scale down in quieter times without the constraints of a physical office space. So I just rattled off, I don't know, 10 or 11 benefits to remote work. The potential is endless. So how does all of this relate to heart-based career planning and values? So you've got to ask yourself where you feel most productive, creative, and valued. If it's in the office surrounded by colleagues, maybe an in-office arrangement is better for you. If you value autonomy, a 100% remote setting might suit you. Hybrid models offer the best of both worlds and may align with those who value flexibility. One of my core values is flexibility. I felt so confined to an eight to five or eight to six schedule for so many years. Being forced to start and end work at a specific time was maddening. And to add to that, my daily schedule was often engulfed by meeting after meeting, My time was never my time. So defining my lifestyle values allowed me to recognize that flexibility motivated me to do great work. It taught me to manage my energy instead of my time, which is the factor that directed me to self-employment. So have you ever paused to consider your lifestyle values? It will help you with your career planning and overall fulfillment. So there you have it, my friends. The world is still trying to figure out the optimal work arrangement, and that's okay. What's most important is that we continue to evolve and adapt. As we blend our careers with our hearts and our values, remote work doesn't just change where we work. It changes how we see the world, how inclusive we can be, and how we harmonize our work and our life. Whether in the office, from the comfort of your home, or a mix of both, remember to think about and choose what aligns most with your heart and your career fulfillment. So as we wrap up today's conversation about the complexities and opportunities of remote work, remember that the future is what we make of it. Your career choices shouldn't just be about the practicalities of where and how you work, but also resonate deeply with your values and long-term aspirations. Finding a path that aligns with your true self is essential, whether you're fully remote, in the office, or somewhere in between. And if you're at a point where you're ready to dig deep and reimagine your future, consider joining me in Fried to Flourishing, my proven 12-week coaching experience. You won't just talk about how to find a job. We'll explore career planning from the inside out. 
You'll not only uncover your unique value and your lifestyle values, but also find a place where you belong in today's ever-evolving work landscape. Plus, you'll gain access to all the insider secrets to landing a new job in today's wild market. Visit flourish.careers coaching to learn more because you deserve a radiantly happy and healthy career. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week.